Well, hey guys, welcome to the Access Podcast. I'm here with my friend Anthony, and we're going to be talking with our friend Kimmy. Hey. She's going to be sharing her story, so we're super excited to get into her testimony. Um, I just want to say thank you guys for being here. Kimmy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Mm-hmm. Kimmy, what is your favorite coffee drink? <clears throat> Ice caramel latte from Wild Roast. Specifically from Wild Roast. Specifically from Wild Roast. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up. Go to Wild Roast if you haven't. This is not a sponsor for Wild Roast. Not at all. <laughs> well, cool, guys. We're going to be chatting. Um, we're going to be hearing Kimmy's testimony and just really diving into it. I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. Let's do this. So, Kimmy, tell us, are you from Michigan? I am from Michigan. You are from Michigan. I grew okay. up Born in and raised. Big Rapids, Michigan. Big Rapids. About an hour up north. Hour up north. Okay. Mm-hmm. What was uh What was there to do around there? Is it kind of like Hicktown, Countryville, or is it like big city? <laughs> I don't. It's literally, like my square is so like Tri Unity. Like, 20, <laughs> like I know Tri- like Twenty Eighth Street to like Forty Fourth, and then you know Wilson to Clyde Park. Mm-hmm. That's my square. <laughs> so I don't know much about Big Rapids. Big Rapids is like small town. Has one of every store. Uh, it's actually where Ferris University is. Okay. So it's kind of like a college city, but really. There's just a lot of old people there. Um, my family all grew up out in the country, uh, Grant Center. Like it's like everyone on that street is like family. Like we have like your whole like few miles of just like the Van Alsteins. That's my family, and yeah. So I grew out there, um, moving around a lot with my parents in the city and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just I don't even remember what <laughs> I did when I was growing up playing outside. What? Well, um, how long did you live there? Um. I lived there for seven or eight years. Okay, yep. and then you moved to where? I moved to Wyoming, oh, Michigan. Moved straight to Wyoming. Okay. Yep. What high school did you go to? Wyoming. Wyoming Public? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it the Wolves? Wyoming Wolves. Wolves? Yep. Nice. What year did you graduate? 2020. 2020? Last year, yep. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. 2020, the COVID year. Oh, so yeah. I'm assuming that wasn't like what you were expecting, it how was you were not. expecting to end high school. Nope. What was but that like for you? Um... I don't know. It hit me out of nowhere. I was really excited to like graduate, but I didn't really, at that moment in the season of my life, I didn't really have any friends at school. Oh. So I wasn't really mad about it. I like, lived with my best friend, Leah <laughs> Muenberg. Um, and so when we switched to online, we just did school every day together. It's like when I was quarantined, I was quarantined with Leah. So quarantine actually didn't suck for me that much because <laughs> I was with her the whole time. Did lots of sunbathing outside. And actually, because we went online, I finished school like two three months early because oh, wow. i was just like such a, like a go-getter so i just, just grinding it out got it yep <laughs> finished nice. in like april had the whole summer nice yeah so tell me how long have you been coming to res um i kind of i've been coming actively for about two and a half years but my grandparents went to res in big rapids okay. so i went there a few times with them um kind of grew up at res i've never really gone to any other church but actively going to res my own choice two and a half years awesome what brought you to it brought um, you to res? i hit my low point and then i had met kendra and kendra kept inviting me through text and i was like no i gotta work like i'm not <laughs> gonna come um and then one time i didn't have to work and so i decided to come to one of the youths um felt so welcome felt so at home met so many awesome people and then i decided this is this is what i want like this is what it is here and so I started going to youth more. One of my friends was a senior. She was like, 
hey, you're going to come to Access with me because I'm not going to go by myself. So I've been going to Access for two years now. Uh, I started going in January 2019, um, which I was a junior at the time. and In high school. In high school, junior in high school. Yep. Mm. Um, and I okay. found this. Sneaking in a little early. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did the same. And nobody knew me, so it was okay. So I just had that advantage. Um, and I just had a very mature mindset. And so it actually applied to me more usually coming to Access than it did at youth. Gotcha. Um, but then I started, I found an awesome group of friends here at church and then started like coming to Sunday mornings and just really committed myself. Just got plugged in. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So we want to get into your story. So tell us, um, what was life growing up like for you? What were some of the, the things that you went through kind of your story up until you kind of came back to Christ or mm-hmm. recommitted your life to him? Cause I'm assuming were you, your family was going to big rep, uh, res life in big rapid. So you kind of had that background of faith, right? But no. maybe you were, you know, so not even, so you didn't yeah. really have any, any sort of background. Yeah. They were, they were going a couple of times, but you were just doing you. Yeah. So tell us uh, what you were going through at, let's see, what, what age was it? Maybe seven or eight or maybe yeah. later on in your story. All right. I'll give like a little snippet of like child childhood and then I'll jump into that. So growing up, my parents got divorced when I was really young. Um, and it was hard. Both my parents were so young. My mom was 17 when she got pregnant. My dad was doing drugs. Um, my mom was doing drugs. So it was like really difficult. It was my grandparents when I was like an infant um, till, you know, they my parents started like sobering up and like my dad started hiding him, his stuff better um, so they could start fighting for custody. And I lived with my mom for the first half. It was like split custody. My dad moved to Wyoming when I was like two or three. Um so I lived with my mom. Both my parents ended up getting remarried. So I have three little brothers. Um, two of them are 13, but they're not related. One's from my dad. One's from my mom. One's from my dad. Then I have another um, eight-year-old brother. No, sorry. He's nine. Nine-year-old brother. Um, and so I lived with my mom in Big Rapids until about second grade um, when my stepdad passed away. Um, and so my mom was not doing very good. She couldn't really take care of me. So she decided to have me move with my dad. So I moved with my dad at Wyoming. Um, you know, I was just kind of living life, just trying to be a kid. Um, there's lots of uh, father wounds there, with trust issues, and my dad was still on drugs and um, hiding it well. But recently the Lord's been just like revealing to me um, those wounds that I have and I've put on him. Um, and then through elementary school, I lived my lived with my dad. I started seeing my mom a little bit more. Um, she was just really fallen deep into depression and just was very unstable to see me so um started seeing her a little bit more middle school um I had lost trust with my dad like completely I had no friends going into seventh grade that's when our middle school starts um and I was just hit with depression so hard and I didn't even know like and I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody um were you close at all with your stepmom no I was not very close with her at all um and then, yeah, so just, you know, new school, I have literally no friends. I'm sad all the time. I don't really, like, know what to do about it. Don't really feel like I can talk to anybody about it. Started hanging out with the wrong group of people. Um, it was just me and my best friend and then her guy friends. And so we were just always hanging out together. Um, eighth grade came, and one of my favorite teachers had passed away very suddenly from cancer or tumor. Um, and that just, like, wrecked me and I knew like that my like that depression was just worse they made us all take like a mental health test at school and I knew if I would answer those questions right that they were gonna make me tell my parents so I didn't answer them right 
And so I didn't have to tell my dad, but I knew like that was like self-awareness, like, okay, I'm actually not doing good. Um, but yeah, so just going forward with that, I got into a really toxic relationship in eighth grade. Um, I started drinking. Um, my family was pretty open. You know, my dad was always just like, oh, you want to drink? Like have a drink. My mom, um, smoked weed. And so I had my, I smoked with my mom the first time, um, eighth to ninth grade that summer. Um, so I was just like, that was just like shoved into my life. It was nothing that like I knew was wrong because both my parents were telling me that it was right. Right. Um, and that they were doing that. So going into ninth grade, I was, I was drinking a lot. I was smoking a lot. Um, sitting out the wrong group of people. Like they also were drinking and smoking with me. Um, ninth grade, I started self-harming and was having constant suicidal thoughts all the time, every day, just like consuming me. And I thought I was like crazy almost like, like I don't, I knew I didn't want to like feel that way. I knew I didn't like actually think those things about myself, but I just couldn't put it towards, I couldn't explain it. And then, yeah, I started seeing a counselor in ninth grade. Um, growing up, we were pretty, we were pretty poor family. And so I was always afraid to like talk to my dad and like ask for counseling um, cause I always just thought we were just too poor to actually do it. Um, so I opened up, talked to my dad, told him like, I was really sad. And so I started seeing, started going to a counselor. The counselor was like, yep, you're not very safe by yourself. So we're going to have to send you to Pine Rest. So I went to Pine Rest. That's, um, a Christian mental hospital in like the Grand Rapids area. And, um, I was admitted there, told them I was fine at the end of the week so that I could get out, um, and I, I hated it there. It was really bad experience for me. My stepdad had gone there and it didn't really work for him. So I didn't really think it was gonna work for me. Um, and so that was really difficult. And I just felt like abandoned. I felt like my parents were like, okay, we don't know what to do with you. So we're just gonna like leave you here. Um, so a lot of parent wounds from that as well. But um, after that, I like told everybody I was fine. So I went back to school. I stopped, I stopped going to counseling because I did not like that guy and uh, kept self-harming, kept drinking was still in that toxic relationship. Um, and so all of those things, they just kept getting worse and worse going into 10th grade. You know, it was, that was my lowest year. Um, and yeah, and then that just kept going into no junior year was my lowest year. So that kept going into my junior year. Um, and I had reached a point where I just like, didn't care what happened. Like I literally did not want to be alive anymore. I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody about it. I felt like everyone just thought I was crazy. Um, and yeah, I ended up missing 70 days of my junior year because I just didn't go to school because I was so depressed. I just slept all day, every day. Um, and then I went on this like leadership. Con I was still a good student. Okay. I, I, I had straight A's. I had that like, what were you calling it earlier? Reputation. I had that, that good rep reputation. Yeah. I was the good student. I didn't have any problems. Everything was just in my head. I didn't want anyone to think like I was crazy or anything. So I just kept it all in my head. Um, I was like the partier on the weekends. And yeah, so I went to this leadership conference and then found out we had a PSAT the next day. But I was I had therapy that next day because I found this new counselor that I like. I liked going to her. Um, between then and before that last time I went to Penrose, I had gone to Penrose two more times after that. Um, still like wasn't helping until we found this new counselor and she like actually just understood where I was at. Um, so I felt like I couldn't miss that um, appointment. So I went and talked to the school counselor and I was like, is there any way I can like miss the PSAT or like push it back? 
she like started pulling out all of these thoughts that I was thinking in my head, all of like the, the true things that were like happening in my head. And she was speaking them and she was like, is this how you feel? And I was like, I mean, kind of like not wanting to like say like, yes, but like there was a yes. Um, so then she was like, okay, it seems like you're like unstable, not safe around yourself. You're going to have to go to Pine Rest. So called my mom, couldn't like leave the school till someone came and picked me up because I had got the school involved. My mom drove all the way down from Big Rapids. At this point, my mom had had a whole um, like recoming to Jesus. Like she had like found her faith again. Like she had been running away, running away. Um, and then she just reached a breaking point. And she was like, you're right. Like, God, I can't do it without you. So she's now like living in a relationship with the Lord, um, with my grandparents as well. And she's like calling me. She's like, okay, I'm going to come pick you up. We're going to go to the church and we're going to pray. And I was just like, yeah, like whatever. I had gone to res in Granville, Granville a few times, just sat in like the main sanctuary like, by myself. Like I knew like it was the right thing to do, like go to church. But like, I was afraid of everyone. I had such bad anxiety and I honestly, I just didn't care. So I was like, I'll go to say that I go. But so she picked me up. We came to church, right? Go to the offices. I meet with Pastor Karen Waldhart. She's our women's pastor. And Kendra Lepsch. Um, she works in the youth department. And that we meet with them. And I, you know, we're just talking about my situation. I'm telling them, like, I'm having really bad suicidal thoughts. You know, like, but I know they're not my thoughts. But, like, they are because, like, they're in my head. I'm, like, trying to, like, make it not sound like so I'm crazy. And Karen was, like, I want, like, you're right. Those aren't your thoughts. That's the enemy attacking you. And, like. I like just sighed like a deep breath like wow like she actually understands like I'm not crazy like those aren't my thoughts like I knew that like finally someone understands so like that caught my attention and I'm like focusing on what she's saying to me and you know he goes through this whole thing and she's activating me um and hearing the Lord's voice and so she says all right I want you to ask God like do you love me and I hear God like in my head like in my own thoughts like respond like like, Kimberly, I love you more than every grain of sand on the earth. Right now, like, I don't know any scripture, right? I've, like, never actually read my Bible. One time I was like, yeah, I'll read my Bible for, like, the book project for school or whatever because that's the right thing to do, right? So I read, like, one chapter of Genesis, didn't understand, put it down. <laughs> I don't know scripture. And, like, the things I was hearing the Lord speak to me, like, now I know, like, are in scripture. And, like, it's so undeniable that that was God. And, like, at the end of that day, they ended up, praying deliverance over those suicidal thoughts that I was having and I walked out of the building no suicidal thoughts I had heard and received from the Lord for the first time ever it's wow. so like something was shifting inside of me and like I knew something was different but I just was still like uh, I don't I don't know you know so I still had to go to Pine Rest but it was different that time because like I, I truly wasn't having those suicidal thoughts anymore so I get out of Pine Rest um and Kendra had given me her number she was like yeah like let's reconnect after and I'm like all right, sure, yeah, you're kind of weird, though. <laughs> so, like, I don't know who you are. So she texts me, and she's like, hey, like, love to have you come to youth. And I'm like, sorry, I, I got to work. I was a workaholic. I worked at Mr. Burger. I uh, worked every day, like, all day. Like, I was just on the grind to get the money so I can, like, give my my dad money so he'd buy me more alcohol. And, yeah, and so she, like, kept texting me, like, three weeks in a row. And I'm like, all so right. I want to stop you. So you had that experience yeah. with the Lord where you heard his voice. Yep. And then, you know, you kind of went back into the, yeah. you know, going back to dad. He's like, hey, dad, would well, give me some alcohol. Oh, yeah. Kind of right back into the, Definitely. the ways. Yeah, as soon as I got to find rest, I called up my friends. I was like, guys, I'm out. We're good. Like, let's get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and so this was October of 2018. And so... 
I had my license too. So I'm like driving. I, um, I was like the driver of all my friends. I was like, guys, look, let's get back to it. Like I'm back. And so, but like that, I truly was, something was shifted inside of me and I just didn't recognize it. I wasn't ready to like fully like receive dive that. into it and yeah. receive it. Yeah. So Kendra texted me. I was like, yeah, no, I got to work. I got to work. And then with that one week I didn't have to work, I went, I felt so loved. And I was like, okay, like this is real. Like something's different about these people like this is not what it's like at my school like nobody loves like this in wyoming like i'm not treated like this at wyoming like people like just don't care like everyone's their own person you know go gotta do what you gotta do get it done party on the weekends go back to it on monday and yeah so after that i got more involved with um ben and kendra and their um just like hangouts at their house and like the youth group um, found awesome friends at res, but I was still like low-key living that toothpaste life, like partying, drinking every night, but like coming to church on Wednesdays and Sundays. And I was having a party on new year's Eve, um, like 2019 new year. And I just had a bunch of friends over my house. We were drinking. And like, as the ball was going down, I heard that voice again in my head. It was like, Kimmy, you've got to put your drink down and like, don't pick it up again. And I was just like, yeah, okay. Like good joke. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. As I'm like pouring out my drink in the sink and the ball is dropping and it's like going down from 10 and like I throw my cup away at like as the ball like hits zero and it's like a brand new year. And he's like, this is your new start. And like, you got to trust with me. And I was like, all right. I've been sober since then. Two years. No alcohol, no drugs, nothing. Um, Yeah. Going on a little over than two years. But after that, like it wasn't easy because if I wasn't doing that, that meant. I had to re like thank my friends because that's what my friends did. Like that is what we did all the time. And so, yeah, the next big thing after that, that really like shifted my heart completely was one heart conference. And it was my first one heart conference, 2019 Robbie Dawkins came healing. And so I was delivered from my suicidal thoughts, but still so struggling with depression. Like I was sad every morning, didn't want to do life. So struggling with anxiety. And um, yeah, that morning, the Saturday morning of One Heart, I got this vision. It was me and Jesus, and we were in a canoe in the middle of the ocean, and these waves are just crashing over us. But, like, we're not going under the water, but, like, we're totally getting devoured by these waves. And I, like, look out, and I see flat water, and I look back at Jesus, and he says, don't worry, we're getting out of this today. So the boat starts moving towards that. And I'm like, all right, Lord, like, I don't know what this all means. Like, still so new to this, but, like, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready for my depression to be gone all day, go throughout the whole conference nothing happens i actually almost left in the middle of the conference because i was like this is stupid i'm so depressed i just want to go home and sleep um at the end of the day they were literally like all right guys conference over leave and i'm like nope i mean i don't want to leave like it's still there i I can feel it like it's on me so debriefing with a group of my friends up at the front and the ground floor um Next thing I know, like, we're praying over me. Like, I'm, like, on the floor. I'm crying. We're screaming at the end. We, like, get out in Jesus' name. Um, And, like, after, like, five minutes of praying, like, I felt the lift, like, the weight lift off my chest and just disperse into the air. And I was just like, okay, Lord, like, this is it. Like, I'm giving it to you. Like, my life is yours. Like, I'm, like, like, laying everything at your feet. Like, do with me what you want. And after that, like, I was just, like, filled with the Holy Spirit. I was, like, ready to go. Except I was, like... I felt empty. Like I, the depression was gone. Mm. It was like, Mm. not like I felt that weight physically lift off my chest, but that whole next summer and like even still to now, like learning what it's like to be filled with the Lord and filled with his joy. Like, like, yeah, I'm not sad anymore, but what does it actually look like for me to be filled with his joy and with his love and walk in that 
like walk in happiness is being committed with the Lord every day. Mm. And so that was a big journey um, of learning how to be filled with him. Yeah, that's so powerful. I mean, it goes right back to what we were talking about with you, Anthony, of like, we have these amazing moments, right? Right. Which we need. Yeah. And then, but like the journey is, is mm-hmm. we can't forget the journey. It's so crucial. Like going back and getting filled. Did you, did you want to say something? Yeah. yeah. I just think it's wild. Like as you were bringing up one heart, I was just thinking about like just how impactful it's been on both of our lives and like how our stories are yeah. tied together. And even like the next year of like both yep. of us having the opportunity to speak, like just even about that yeah. too, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. what a powerful like, <laughs> I, like I'm <laughs> yeah. speechless just because it's like how the Lord's used both of us in yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's so cool to see because mm-hmm. you both spoke. Was it One yeah. Heart 2020? 2020. Yep. Right before everything got shut down. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a blessing that we actually got like had that entire thing, you know, yeah, popping. Next weekend, literally everything shut down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I spoke about um, the lies that we believe and how the enemy places those in our in our thoughts and we think it's our own. Yeah, but like how to res- like lay that at Jesus' feet and give it over to Him, right? Yeah. And receive identity. So I, I was that. I remember being at the One Heart and hearing you share a little bit of your story. But it's so cool to just get all these details and have this conversation with you. I want to ask, um, because I know we were talking about that moment, right, where the depression left. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for you to combat those thoughts? Because we know, like, when we get free of something, the debt, the enemy is coming back harder because yeah. he's going to try right. and take that ground back. Right. You know, mm-hmm. this, is, this is a baby. war we're talking about. So. What does it look like for you to walk out in in your identity and mm-hmm. to to fight those thoughts and to combat depression and uh, resist the devil uh, in your walk of faith right now? Yeah. Okay. I just want to share one other thing. So that night at One Heart, when I got um, delivered li- delivered from my depression, I was so excited. Right, I was ready to go home and like tell my dad because I had finally like opened up with him, and I was like, "This is like what I'm going through," and he had known everything. I go home and his like he's not there, and I'm like okay, like, I haven't seen my dad in a few days. Like, that's weird. Um, So I go down to his room. His stuff's gone. Like, he is gone. So at this point, he had got a divorce with his, um, with my old stepmom, and he's dating one of my friend's moms now. Turns out he moved out, and he went and started living with her, um, still in Wyoming, so he's still, like, local. But that next season of life looked like I just got freed from my depression. Now I live alone at my house like with my foreign exchange student brother and like that was such a difficult time of like abandonment and isolation and that was a test because like I just told the Lord like God like I'm yours like use me how you want like fill me up every day and then my dad left now now you gotta walk it out and so I'm like shoot like that depression started creep trying to creep back in right away like but really um yeah like Anthony shared earlier finding a mentor that will like help you um like challenge you and like ways to like continue to just push through in your faith um and just give you guidance but another thing that has really helped me with like battling with depression because I was I was delivered from that I got freedom from that but sometimes the enemy does come back and he's like no you are depressed like this is like a hard season for you right now like you're going through this um but choosing to walk in that freedom journaling is another big thing like just like Anthony for me too um I feel like that's where I can like I like I'm like ranting to God. I'm like God, like this is my feelings, this is my emotions, this is what I'm going through. But then after that, pausing and just listening to what He has to say to me, right? Um, and really receiving that, even if I don't want to, because sometimes He like He's got some hard <laughs> stuff to, to give to me, and I'm like, okay, but like, are you sure? Like, I don't think so. Like, um, but yeah, that's been a good thing. Finding a good um, friend group as well that will just help challenge you and like encourage you 
when you are struggling with those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to add like that vulnerability too. like not only just with God, but with other people too, mm-hmm. it's just, that brings a whole new, you know, open door. Yeah. Um, gosh, I had something else to say too. It was, uh, run it back to me. Cause you had, you had some good stuff. Oh, shoot. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man. That's okay. I'm sure you'll, yeah, yeah. you'll think of it, yeah, but yeah, going. I wanted to, to bring up, you mentioned, you know, that, that new year's Eve party where you like, you were done with the drinking and then and now he's like all right i'm done like now i have to find new friends Mm -hmm. what was that process was that easier for you coming to res finding those new people or did you were you tempted to like go back to like try and bring those people with you or what did that process Mm -hmm. look like of just navigating through having to change the friendships that you had living the life that you wanted to yeah i mean it wasn't easy um like as I came to res, I did find friends really fast. Like I found people that wanted to like know me, wanted to love me. Um, so finding new friends wasn't that hard for me. It was actually being bold and stepping away from those friendships. Um, cause I had like one best friend and we were friends since seventh grade, since I had started like that new season of my life, um, in depression. And she was my one friend. And that's like, that was like my only friend. Um, and so, like, she had walked through all of that with me, um, sh- her going through her own stuff as well. And we were just, like, there for each other. And, like, now, like, the Lord's, like, you can't, well, he didn't tell me, like, I can't be friends with her. But, like, no, like me knowing myself, the Lord giving me that wisdom, like, when I'm around her, this is how I act. This is what we do. And I don't want to do that anymore. So, really, like, praying that through with the Lord, um, I just, I invited that one friend to church a few times. And then she was just, like, so, like, shut down by it. She just wasn't ready for it. Um, so I started like easing my way out of that friendship. Um, and then even in our senior year, like I didn't have friends at school. Like I like went to school, did my stuff, came to church all the time. Um, always talked about church. I was like praying for people at my school during my senior year. Um, and I was still friends with that one friend, but like we both knew like we weren't actually friends. We were just like there for each other. And like, we talked, but like she knew like I had all these other friends, um, and then once quarantine hit, we literally stopped talking. And, like, I was, like, if she wants to reach out to me, she can. Like, I reached out to her a few times. We had, like, talked a little bit. But, like, her lifestyle was just so toxic for me to be in that I had to make that dis- that difficult decision to, like, cut her out of my life, basically. Yeah. It um, comes down to powerful people. Like, yeah. we're talking yeah. about. It's <laughs> not that we don't love those people anymore. But yeah. we recognize it when we're around certain people, we act in a certain way and mm-hmm. that compromises our values and beliefs. Right? Yeah. And like I did that and I made that decision out of love because I love her. I want to see her come to the Lord. I believe like that day will come. But for me right now in this season, that would only drag me down. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. Those decisions can be tough to make, but, but they're needed. Proud of you mm-hmm. for, for making that decision. Yeah. Um, I know that you are in the discipleship program with Anthony. Yes. Let's talk about that a little bit. What has been some of the greatest uh, things that you've learned or taken away from the program that's helped you in your in your walk and relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. today? Um, I'd have to agree powerful people with Anthony, but I'll go into something else. So at the beginning of the program, we dove into freedom ministry, um, and we all went to Kairos, which is um, a freedom mm-hmm. event we yeah. hold at Res. Highly recommend going to the next one. Um, but it was awesome going through those classes and really just learning like the foundations of freedom um, and what that looks like. And just throughout the whole like class, 
not even it like the Lord is just like continuing after like we've learned that like he's still bringing things up um just like letting the Lord really bring up those wounds in my heart and like healing them and like healing those wounds in my heart and like taking my burdens and like filling me with the like that love and that peace um yeah he's been just like restoring so much of my childhood um and like the wounds that I have from that which has just been awesome and like restoring for my heart and yeah yeah that's definitely a very big thing just like letting the Lord completely restore me that's awesome Mm -hmm. um so going from that kind of you had that um, moment in the in the res offices with Pastor Karen, and then you had that amazing breakthrough um, with your friends after One Heart. Mm-hmm. What has it been like for you pursuing God and your relationship with Him um, ever since that moment? You know, yeah. what are some of the the key things, like maybe verses that you hold on to? You know, how is He instilling identity in you? What does your walk with Him look like? Mm-hmm. So after that moment um, at One Heart, you know, I was I was all for it. I was ready to dive in. Um, and just continue to like to actually learn what it's like to be in relationship with God. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, like my dad had left, I was living alone. So he came home that summer and he was like, yo, I'm still in the house. So you can either live in her garage or you can find somewhere to live. So that was a huge test for my faith. And I was like, not stressed about it. Like awkwardly, like I just like, wasn't like stressed about it at all. I was like talking to Kendra about it. Cause Kendra's my mentor. And she was like, Oh my. And like, are you like, okay? And I was like, yeah, like I'm fine. Like I know the Lord's going to provide something for me. Um, so that summer I learned how to pray like, like divinely, like Lord, I know like that you're my provider. And like, instead, like when I found out who God's identity was, I found out who my identity was because he's our father. And so like we get our traits from our father. Um, so that summer was also just learning like who is God and who am I in God? Um, and then since then, uh, going through my senior, I lived with one of my good friends, Leah Muenberg, and her family, and that was a great, um, it was, like, just perfect timing. Like, the Lord, like, instilled that family in my life at a perfect time. Um, and so they've also just been, encour- like, so encouraging and, like, challenging, like, in the best way of, like, okay, like, what are you going to do about this? Like, how are we going to get through this? And um, just being those parental figures in my life. Um, but, like, like Anthony was saying, like spending time with God every day is so important. Like finding my identity in him every day is so important because if not, then I'll start to find it in the world. And then that's just when things go downhill. For real. And yeah, you just, you can tell like you have, when you have off days, like it's most likely because like you're not in tune with the Lord. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can I add on that real quick? Like that journaling piece, I just realized like how much it just strengthens like you're just like that discernment, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. as you're journaling, you have to discern, you know, even in the littlest ways of yeah. who, you know, who you're receiving from, who you're actually talking to type thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's no off days in Christianity. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah. No days off. Yeah. <laughs> I also like, I never journaled before I like started coming to church and then all my like new friends, like always brought their journals to the church. And I was like, I want a journal. <laughs> so I got a journal, <laughs> like figured it out on my own. Um, found that was like a really easy way for me to like communicate with the Lord. Um, and it's also awesome. Like now I can like look back, like sometimes I'll go back to my right, first right. journal and I'll be like, wow, have I grown so much like sloppy handwriting and everything. Like my handwriting even got <laughs> <Right>. better. <laughs> um, yeah. What was I going to say? Hang on. Let me just think. 
I think it's cool too. Like I'll even receive like words of knowledge and write them down in journal. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, even looking back at that, I'm like, oh man, like, you know, in the moment it'll click, but like looking back at like, wow, that happened there. Like that Mm -hmm. was way back when, oh wow. Okay. You know, just a a history record, you know, it just builds you up looking back. It's Mm -hmm. like, wow, this is where God came through for me. This is what he was teaching me back then. It's It's like watching the relationship. Yeah. Like here's my one year anniversary with Jesus Mm -hmm. in a notebook. There you go. Yeah. Like even, even with the struggles too of like, just reoccurring like if the devil tries to come up and like you've already written down lies that you're believing you know what i'm saying so going true. back to that and like okay reaffirming what the truth is in you yeah so. yeah it's an easy way to literally cry out for the lord too i've noticed like i was like reading back into a few and like five pages like i'm just like scribbling down like god like like i don't feel you like i want to feel you i want to feel you more like show me what that's like just and just raw. like seeing him come through it's so awesome yeah that's beautiful. Mm. And wait, I, I remember what I was gonna say. Um, learn so like, I am just like such a thinker. I'm always like thinking something in my head, um, and I didn't realize this until in the program. Pastor Jesse um, gave this word to me, and he was like, "Kimmy, you're an insane prayer." And I was like, "I do not get on my knees and pray before bed <laughs> every night. I do not know what you, this is a wrong word for me, Pastor Jesse." He was like, "But it's not like a cookie cutter prayer. Like you're just." always talking to the lord and like prayer is communication with god and i've overlooked that so much like as i'm going out throughout my day and like i want to like tell somebody something i'll be like hey god like this is what's happening right now like you'll never believe it and like i'll just talk to him constantly throughout my day like in my thoughts but like it's a communication and learning how to like yield his voice and like really just like lean in always to what he's trying to speak to me that's been a huge thing that's shaped my relationship with him that's awesome mm-hmm um, so based off of, well, do you have anything that you want to say? Anything, any last questions? Awesome. So just based off of your experiences and your story and, and your testimony, is there any advice that you could give or any tips or anything that you want to say to anybody that might be listening to this right now? Mm-hmm. Nothing is going to satisfy you like Jesus will. Boom. Boom. Just like there that. Like every time. <laughs> like Hit him with the cold, hard facts. Like even now I'll still be like, Oh, maybe this. Nope. (laughs) Don't even (laughs) test it now. Like, Jesus is always going to be the greatest. Um, So. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Word. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kimmy. Anthony, thank you for being here. Appreciate you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys are leaders. We love having you here. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode of Access Testimonies, and we'll catch you next time on the Access Podcast.